I wasn't expecting the message that I'm going to share with you today. I wasn't. You say, well, you, you plan out the message. How could you not know? See, the thing is, when you're doing expository teaching and preaching like that, all I know is I'm going to turn to the next chapter and I'm going to preach whatever God says is in that passage. I, 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 I got to tell you guys this story because it, 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 sets, it sets the stage for this. When I was in high school... I attended a Christian school, and we had, just like a lot of the things that you guys do, we, we had homecoming in the school, and it's a day that you all get dressed up, and then you, you, uh, you, you get dressed up, and you, you get a date, which uh, Pastor Dave had struggled with that, but I, I didn't, it wasn't a struggle in my life, and uh, I, had, I had this car, I had a sweet car, this is my car, okay, that right there is a is a is the image of beauty, and then there's the car behind it too. You got both in one picture. So I, I know now that uh, is it Paisley is not popular, um, but anyways. <laughs> Why you have the picture up there? I had. Sweet hair, too. Okay. Oh, my goodness. He's going through. I asked for one picture, dude. I'll see you in staff meeting Monday or Tuesday morning. Uh, So I'm on this date, and uh, we went to homecoming, and I'm coming out to that sweet car. And as I'm coming out, I'm telling you, I scrubbed it, I washed it, I got all the spokes or whatever, it had these really cool rims on it, but they would get all black, and I got on my hands and knees with a brush, and I cleaned out every one of them until it was spotless. I had it all planned out, and I'm telling you, it was sweet driving into the parking lot of my school, okay? And I got out, and I I was Mr. Cool, okay? And I loved it. I wasn't wearing that, but it was something sweet, too. It was was awesome, I know. And uh, I come out... I come out, and my car was trash. Oh. I'm talking shaving cream from one end to the other, and Taco Bell wrappers all over it. It was, it was trash with writing on the windows, writing on, uh, on the back, all this other stuff, and I was just so mad. And when you're dressed up like that, you're not going out to, to work with shaving cream and everything like that. And, and I quickly figured out who it was. It was the biggest loser in our, church, or in our school that did it. Uh, we got a picture of him, too. It was this guy. Um, this guy did it. You say, we don't know that guy. All right, just do this. Take, take the, and the, the, yeah, you do know that guy. Uh, so that, that was the guy that did it. He had a lot of free time because he didn't have a date, so it's not like he had anywhere to be. So he was like, oh, I think I'll trash and ruin his night, and that's what he did. So I get out there, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm playing it cool. I didn't want to lose my temper or get upset or whatever. But I got out there, and I tried to, like, clean off the car the best that I could, and I'm smearing it, and the shaving cream does not just come off. And, and I thought, you know what, I, I used the windshield wipers, and I got it as clean as I could, and I got into the car, okay? Go back to the picture with my hair. Can you go back to that? So I had, I'm, I'm driving down the road, and all of a sudden, all the shaving cream from the hood is going up the windshield. And the more I go, the more it just smearing that I could not drive anymore. So I had to do something that I was very fundamentally against. I had to roll down the window and drive with my head out the window. And all that beauty 
And all that hairspray was everywhere. And now, mind you, the car is slinging off shaving cream as I'm going. So I'm getting shaving cream in my face as I go. And I walk her to the door and I look like I just came from a Halloween party or something. And all the, everything that I built up and everything that I was trying to impress was out the window. And I tell you, I was all cool and good and everything. But the more I'm driving, the more I have my head out the window and trying to, the, 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 my anger, I'm just being honest. My anger was building and building. And I was so mad because, you know what, I'm all for being funny. I'm all, I'm all for joking. I did that stuff all the time. But that's all that was running through my mind, that ugly face right there. And I don't care if you do tell mom. I, I, just so you guys know, that is my brother. He is the guy that greeted everybody. He is on staff. I can't fire him. Mom won't let me. So, uh. so I get home, and I am fuming. And, and in my mind, if he had a good reason, if I did something to him, if it was just funny and I could clean it up, but I'm just thinking this isn't right, it isn't fair. And the way that my mind was in my mind thinking that it wasn't right and I should get even and I, I, I had every right to be mad. My brother went out and bought something very special. Don't ask me why. He, he took his senior pictures in this trench coat. <laughs> That's what's cool, you know, like, get a trench coat, you know. It's like, I, I don't know <laughs> why. That's what he did. So I found the trench coat when I got home. And I took the trench coat and I shoved it and I filled the entire toilet with his trench coat. And then I made a sundae out of it with shaving cream and it went all the way up. And I left and he walked in there and he got home and he was like, who would put shaving cream in the toilet like that? Until he started seeing the black at the bottom. And I was in bed and all I heard was, mom, mom. And he, yes, he cried to mom like a big baby. I tell you this story because I, I'm, not, I'm not just joking when I say this. And all of my life, I don't think I've been more angry than I was at that point. I was furious. I was aggravated. He spent a hundred and some dollars on that coat and I did not care. I didn't care. I didn't care about him. I didn't care about his feelings. I didn't care about his coat. I didn't care about that hair. I didn't care about any of that. I'm getting nauseous. Take those pictures down. <laughs> So here, here's the thing. It, it's amazing how easy certain things in our life can push you over the edge to cause an anger. Not, and you just say, well, you're reading into this. I'm going to show you guys today in Jonah chapter 4 about a guy that got so angry that he started doing some very dumb things. When you get angry, there's a feelings, there's emotions that plug your reasoning. It affects your, your state of mind. It changes everything about you. We say things, we do things that we regret. And that's what's going on in this. I, I ruined his expensive coat, but in my eyes it had every right to be upset because it made sense to me. It made sense to me. Have you ever been mad, really, really mad before? When something seems unfair or something does not go the way that it should been. But let me take it deeper than this. Have you ever been mad at God? Now, I, I'm going to lay this out because I'm going to tell you, you've probably been more mad at God than you think you have or you've been upset. And maybe not at the point that I'm talking about here, but you say things like, I think that God hates me. We think that God's being unfair, that you think that God's picking on you, or the feel like God doesn't, what God's doing in your life is uncalled for, it's, it's not fitting. 
He, he, you pray to God and he doesn't help you when you pray and you ask God to help you. you. You pray and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm not just saying this. Lord, I need you right now. Tears in your eyes, fasting, praying, and he doesn't answer your prayer, even though you beg God to answer your prayer. God doesn't get you through that hard time like you prayed and asked him to get you through. And actually, maybe the next day you wake up and it's harder than it was. We do this all the time. Let me give you an illustration. Be careful, Sunday school teachers, when you're preparing to preach on something and then God hits you with that very thing that you're going to teach on. Because it's harder. It's harder when God calls you out. Now, Wednesday night I was speaking to the the class about having respect for those that are in authority and, and how somehow we have justified calling our president and future president's names and, and I'm to be honest, I, I, I've gotten mad and said, what an idiot. Da, 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 da. And you can just say, well, you shouldn't do that. We all do things we should not do. Amen, right, right. But when you read things where the Bible says you are to honor and respect, and all of a sudden I tell my kids out of this side of my mouth, you respect authority. And then the TV comes on and all these politicians comes on and said, they're a bunch of idiots. How is it okay? Where's the justification where you say you respect authority on this side, but then you don't do it on this side? It's called being a hypocrite. You can label it however you want, but it's called being a hypocrite. Because you just told them there are some instances where you do not have to respect people. I got quiet again. This past week we had the yard sale. Tons and tons of stuff. Tons and tons of work. Long hours and very late nights. Guys, when you work out in the sun and our our team's working out in the sun, it's exhausting. We got to the point where we were putting everything out because the rain said that it was not coming. It was up and then it went down to 20%. So I was like, you know, Mike Meyer was like, bring it all out, lay it out, you know, and tons of work. We're, we're hauling this stuff. We're exhausted. We're putting everything in its place. Then Mike takes his phone and goes, you won't believe this. The forecast just went to 100% rain. I, I, I turn around and everybody is praying and I decided to have a conversation with God. Do you not know what we're doing? This is church. This junk is your junk. We're, we're, we're hauling it out for you. We're going to help homeless people that you said you love. Are you getting this? You, you, know, you, don't, you say you don't do that. Have you ever been setting up for a graduation party and it's, Lord, please don't let it rain. Lord, I, I know you love us and you love my baby. And, uh, you know, you got a picnic or you got whatever. And you say, and then when it doesn't happen, you go into the mode of trying to explain it to God. We get angry with God. We get frustrated with God. God, I need this job. You know, God, why does everybody in that church, they, they don't have the problems that I have. But me, Lord, it's, it's me. Do you not know what you're doing? We get frustrated with God. Lord, why did you let my child die? Why did you let my husband get sick? This type of anger is deep in the heart. It is. Because you are questioning God. You're frustrated because you don't know the answer why. Today in chapter 4, is the last message in our series. Jonah leaves Nineveh as they are crying out to God. Do you know, if I, if I went somewhere as an evangelist and I went in and I had 120,000 people come to know Christ, I'd be tweeting that like crazy. God showed up. I don't, I don't think Jonah was able to tweet or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. But at the same time, I think anybody in any place in your life is going to get pretty excited that God did a wonderful work. But you know, here's the thing. Jonah, when I put, labeled this thing, I am Jonah, you're like, I'm not Jonah. Let me tell you, you're a whole lot more like Jonah than you think you are. Right. 
Jonah is like, I am a prophet of God. Go to Nineveh. I am not a prophet of God. <laughs> You know, he, he is swallowed by the whale. You know, he goes into the storm. God is the mighty God. God will save you. Call out to God. Jonah's not doing it. He's a hypocrite. Goes to the bottom of the sea. God, I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. God spits him out on the land. I am restored. I have a second chance. I will serve you, God. Where do you want me to go to Nineveh? God said to repent. God loves you. God cares about you. They repent. Here's the next part. Why did you save them? This is us. Up and down, up and down. God is good. God hates me. God is wonderful. Where are you, God? Yeah, you're not Jonah. I'm speaking to myself right now, and just so you guys know. In Jonah's mind, they were evil. They were wicked. They did not deserve. I think he actually went there with the mindset, I'll give them truth, and I know what they'll do. They'll rebel. They'll say no. They'll run the other way because they're wicked people. Then God saved them because God has the power. We talked about that last week. God has the power to break down the, the, the hardest of hearts, the strongest bondage that there is. God has the power to do that. Now we're in our last ch- chapter of Jonah. And Jonah's reaction is not what you think. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry. What? Jonah, did you not see what God did? It's amazing how Christians can get upset about things even in the middle of God doing great things. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, Lord, was this not what I told you? You can imagine like this. I'm I'm paraphrasing. Is this not what I told you? You you, you can imagine. Is this not my saying when when I was yet in my country? Therefore, I, he question mark, do you guys get it? He's asking God, is this not what I told you? Therefore, I fled before unto Tarshish, and I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, and slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry. Jonah was physically sick. He was nauseous over this. And God comes back and says, really, Jonah? Really? Do you not get who I am? Do you not get what I do? Do you not get why I do what I do? Can you imagine if God was physically speaking back to us? Can you imagine? Really, Tony, you're upset about rain? You're upset about rain. You're up, no, you're not even upset about rain. You're upset about the chance of rain. The chance of rain. You're not upset about the fact that you have that cancer or you have that sickness or that you are. Your, your, your mind has already ran a hundred steps ahead of, oh God, it's the end of the world. Lord, they're laying off people and I'm next. As if to say that God doesn't say, I know that and I've got another job. I know that, but I've got a better schedule. I know that, I've got it worked out, but we go into wine mode automatically. Verse three, now, therefore now, oh Lord, take I beseech thee, I beg of thee my life from me, for it is better for me to live, to die, than to live. This this is what's going on right here. Lord, if you're not going to heal my loved one, then I I guess you're just not a real God. I'd rather die, Lord, because it's over from here. Lord, if you're not going to let me get out of these struggles with my bills, Lord, if I have to be alone for the rest of my life, then I'd rather just die. Just rather take my life. Because obviously, God, you don't care. 
It's amazing how we can allow Christians. Remember, this is Jonah now. It's not Nineveh. I'm not talking about the wickedness of all these horrible people. I'm talking about the prophet of God. I'm talking about the member of the church. I'm talking about the one that knows all this stuff. That's who I'm talking about. You don't care. Just let me die. Lord, I'm angry. Lord, I am angry. I am Jonah, and I am angry. And it's a lot more applicable to us than we think. Why do we get angry with God? Why do we get angry with God? Number one, because we think that God does not get it. Just be honest, I, I had all these fancy ways to put this, and I actually went back to my office last night, scratched it, and I said, you know why? I just want it, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk how you're thinking, because we think God does not get it. Because in verse 2, he prayed unto the Lord, oh Lord, why? This was my saying. He ex- ex- listen to this. He is explaining to God. He is telling God what's going on. You can imagine the response of God. Hey, Lord, I knew you were gracious, and I knew these people would repent, and I knew that this was going to happen. And the Bible says, and it doesn't say this, but let me tell you what we think that it should say. And God responded and went, no, Jonah, I had no idea. Thank you for telling me all this. Tony, you mean it's a, there's a chance of rain? Hey, Gabriel, did you know anything about this? You need to text me next time and let me know that they've been praying and they have a yard sale and they've got a lot of books and stuff out there. And they don't. You say that's just ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. It's all of us. You pray to God explaining everything to God as if he doesn't know. A lot of our prayers, they start like that. Lord, I've got this thing. You know, my bills are piling up. And I'm not saying don't lay your petitions to God, but we say it almost as if we're trying to correct God. You're pleading your reasons to explain to him why he's wrong for doing what he's doing. It's just the truth. We all do this. Let me give you some truths. As I tell you what we say, let me give you some truths. Number one truth, God is always right. I don't care who is sick. I don't care who is president. I don't care what is coming into our nation. I don't care what you have to do next. I don't care what job. You're sitting there going, here's the thing. You either believe it or you don't. If God is not right, then that means God is wrong. You really want to go there? Now, this is confusing for us because we have the thing. Here's another truth. Let me give you the other truth. Number, another truth is God makes no mistakes. God does not need us to correct him, and he definitely does not need our opinions. Go to the cross. Go to the cross. You know what the response was with Jesus? Not my will, but your will be done. You mean I have to die? Not my will, but your will be done. See, there's got to be a change in our mindset of knowing that God knows best. That God has it figured out. That God knows what he is doing. His opinion was, God, they don't deserve this. God, why would you show mercy and kindness upon wicked people? Why do we feel the need To correct God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not, lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways and in your health, in your children, in your finances, in your job, in your nation, in your politics, everything. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not part of your heart, not when it feels good, not when you think it's okay. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. 
But you see, the thing is, you can't see the road ahead, but he can. You can't see what's next, he can. You can't see the big picture, but he can. Richard, can you pull up that first picture? This is you in life. Okay, this is you in life. This is what we're getting upset about. I, I, I'm seeing and I'm thinking, Lord, I, I, if I lose my job, I've got rent in four weeks. And, and, and Lord, if, if I get sick and I have to have surgery, four weeks, six weeks recovery, I only have this much. Lord, that ain't going to work. It's not going to work. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm planning it all out. I've got it all figured out. I know what it was yesterday. And, and, and Lord, this just isn't good. And Lord, I, I just don't know. I, if my daughter does this, if my son does this, all this, because that is our thinking. That's why we get upset. That's why we get irritated. And God says, well, let me show you my perspective. Go ahead. Let me show you my perspective. And God says, I see it all. It's not just where you're at. I know where you're going to be at tomorrow. I'm going to know where you're going to be at next week. I, I know what you're going to face. I know what you're feeling. I, I, I know it. How is there from the beginning? I'll be there at the end. Our God says that our God is a God of the past, present, and future. Our God stands behind us. Our God stands with us. You know what the Bible also says? That God goes before us. Which literally means he is already in the unemployment line. He is already in the doctor's office. He is already in the surgery room. God is already there. But you've got to have the mindset of that. You've got to know that it's all there, and he knows what he's doing. We don't see that. He, he knows what's best, he knows what's good, and he knows what we need. I, I was upset about the rain, and God was kind of coming back saying, I know what I'm doing. Well, God, there's no good that can come from rain of a yard sale. Let me just tell you guys the rest of the story. It did not rain. And I'm standing there going, okay, maybe you, maybe you didn't know what you were doing, okay. <laughs> You're welcome for the heads up, though, you know. It's a good thing I was here. That's what we do. And it was almost like every, all the other better people than me running around doing the yard sale was like, hey, God's got this. And I'm like, I know he does. Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me. <laughs> stop it, stop it, stop it. You know, you know it's because we're to walk by faith and not by sight. We're to, we're to walk by faith knowing that God's in control rather than our, our weather app. This is how it God, I can't work. Lord, stop it, stop it. Stop. Yeah, it's like God says, that's, is that how I taught you to live? Walk by faith and not by sight? And God said, I, I, you know what God was saying? God's saying, I do get it. I got it before you got it. I knew it. I had it planned out. I know what's going on. He was saying to God, God, I, I, I knew that you were doing all this. I knew, I knew it. But God says, you don't understand how good I am. The truth, here's another truth. Here's the truth. It is us that does not understand. It's we that don't understand. It's not, it's not that God doesn't understand. It's that we don't understand. God is already working. God is already there. God already knows. God just wants us to get it. All right, can I tell you guys another story? This is a story about a worm. You guys ready? We're going to tell you a story about a worm. You know, pe- people get upset about... You know, illustrations, let me tell you, God, God did not speak without giving an illustration. Jonah chapter 4, verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city and there made a booth. The booth that he made is he took palm leaves and different things like that and he made kind of like a little shelter thing that he put together. And he sat under in the shadow till he might see what become of the city. Jonah leaves the city that's having revival. He sits on the side of this hill and he waits on God to strike the city. Do you know how crazy that is? 
God said, if they repent, I won't do it. They repent. So you know what Jonah does? He goes out there, sits on that spot. Get him good, Lord. (laughs) Fireworks, baby, bring them. Why in the world is he waiting to see what God would do when God already said he knew what he was going to do? Because we try to manipulate God. Be careful when you claim prayers, when you sit there and say, Lord, I asked you to give me this job. I name it and claim it. I promise you, you don't name and claim anything. You surrender and wait. There, there's a danger when you start, I, I, I claim it now. You better be careful when you start snapping fingers at God and you telling him. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge him, not you. There, there's got to be, the, now I'm not saying don't pray and don't ask God. Make your petitions made known unto God, laid before him. Lord, I do want this. I do desire this. But you've got to trust in the one that has it figured out. Because he will do a lot better job than what you're doing. You know, you pray prayers like, I'm going to get that job. I prayed about it. And God says, what if I say no because I got a better job? It's a good thing God doesn't give you what you ask for sometimes. God was going, I prayed for that house and God didn't give it to me. And God says, that's because you couldn't afford it. <laughs> I saw down the road, I saw foreclosure. And you're sitting there going, God doesn't answer my prayers and God doesn't care about me. And I pray and pray and pray and I even fasted. I skipped lunch one day. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, it's like God doesn't answer. And God says, you know what? I love you so much. I'm not going to let you go into foreclosure. I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to bring the rain, maybe to shut down your yard sale, because I have something better. But it's, it's, God always knows. God says no, and we fall apart. Well, then just let me die. That's what Jonah says. So God's giving Jonah an object lesson. In verse 6, And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it come up over Jonah, that it might shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. God is giving him this object lesson. Here, here's two things. The Lord was helping Jonah understand through giving. The Lord was helping Jonah understand through giving. God, God, will, God will do great things to say, I am a God of provider. I'm a good God. I'm a gracious God. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a faithful God. Jonah didn't ask for it. God just showed it into him in his grace. God did a miracle work in the middle of that, made this giant gourd grow up over him to give him shelter in the midst of that heat. And he wakes up and he says, wow, God, you are gracious. Lord, thank you. Lord, you, you, you did all that. Lord, you gave me something that I did not deserve. And God's like, you mean like I did for Nineveh? I, I, gave, I gave you a gourd that you didn't deserve. I gave them salvation that they did not deserve. But you're upset about them turning to God. See, God also works another way. The Lord was also helping Jonah understand by taking. God works. The Lord giveth and the Lord takes away. If, if, if all of your ways you're not acknowledging him, he might take that job away and say, who are you trusting? Who are you leaning on? Who are you turning to? Who are you saying doesn't know what he's doing? Stop trying to manipulate me as your God. Verse 7, but God prepared a worm. When in the morning rose up the next day and it smote the gourd that was withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind. And the sun beat upon the head of Jonah. 
that had fainted and wished himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. God was taking it away. You know what God was teaching him? God in the middle of that said, said, Jonah, you would be very happy if I took away salvation from the nation of Israel, but you are more broken over me taking a gourd away from your head. See, God was teaching a lesson saying, I do know what's best. I am in control. I do know that I came to seek and to save that which is lost. I came to love those that don't know me. I came to send you as a messenger unto them and you question me. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Jonah was okay with it was withholding grace from them, but he wasn't okay when it was withholding grace from himself. It's, it's amazing how we can get our priorities wrong. It's amazing how we can be so in love with the gourd or that place of comfort or something that I like or I love. When God's over here doing amazing things and saving people and changing this and there's revival going on and we can't see the revival because we're upset about a gourd. There's a whole lot of applications that could come there with us. People that can get upset when we've had 44 people baptized and yet we still get upset about dumb little things. It's all of us. I'm telling you, it is every single one of us that sit there and get upset about little things when God is doing great things. And it's easy to get our focus off. It's easy to forget that God came to seek and to save that which was lost and go into hell. He had his focus on a shade tree when God was focused on changing a nation. Let me close with this thought. Why do we get angry with God? First of all, because we think that he does not get it. Secondly, because we think that he does not care. It messes with our minds. It messes with our heads. If God loved me, then why are things not going well? If God loved me, then why didn't he heal them? If God loved me, then why did he give me that job? If God loved me, just because the situation does not feel good doesn't mean that it is not good. Do you guys get that? Just because it doesn't feel good doesn't mean that it is not good. Because sometimes we go off of our feelings rather than the facts that God is good and God is always good. On my day off, we normally get off, I take Fridays off. When we get off on Friday and the kids, because I call it my day off. Friday's my day off. Well, I got to have a day off. Don't forget, Friday's dad's day off. So you know what they think a day off is? They think a day off is a day off. And I said, no, no, no. It's a day off for me not to be at the church and a day off for me to be here. So we're going to go cut the grass. We're going to weed eat. We're going to fix the fence. We're going to knock out the sidewalk. We're going to paint the gable. We're, we're going to do all these things. And they're like, Dad, you said it's a day off. And I don't know if my kids are in here, but maybe it's good for them to hear this. <laughs> to my kids, it looks like I don't want them to be happy. To my kids, it does not look like I want to have fun. They have the opposite. They think that I don't love them. I like to see them miserable. And sometimes that is true. Um, I love to make them work. And I love to take away their fun. And uh, a day off is never really a day off. In reality, I love them so much that I want them to learn character. In reality, I want them to learn to work hard. In reality, I want them to be responsible. I care about them so much that I'm willing to put them through uncomfortable situations to make them better. And they're sitting there going, yeah, thank you, Dad. Can't wait for a day off next week, you know. And I'm like, I love you too, you know. One day you'll thank me, one day, you know. 
See, the, the truth is I love them more than they'll ever know. And I'm teaching them. I'm teaching them the entire time to take care of their homes. I'm teaching them character. I'm teaching them to follow and trust me. I'm teaching them. I'm teaching them that it pays to do right. I'm teaching them and it's not always easy and it's not always comfortable. That's what I'm teaching them. Because as a dad, I've been a teenager, a teenager. And as a dad, I've been through my 20s. And as a dad, I know what it means to get a house and pay for a mortgage and take care of it. As a dad, I know all this. So as a dad, way back here when they're 15 and 12 or 13 and all these back here, I know that. So I'm going to put them through some things that they're going to say that I don't care, but I care so much about where they're going that I'm going to put them through uncomfortable things right now. You say, God, why, why, why are you doing this? And God says, because I care about you that much. Because I know that this trial or this hardship or that rain moving in or whatever it is will make you better and it will change you forever. God is good all the time. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them that are the called according to his purpose. It's not always your purpose. It's his purpose. You've got to trust him. And you get to the point and you say, I don't get this. And God says, it's not for you to get. Okay. <laughs> and you go forward and say, this is uncomfortable. I don't think you care. God comes back with the true fact. I'm good. And I love you. And I'll never do anything to hurt you. I will never do anything that will harm you from the plan and the purpose that I have for you. Let me close with this, Jonah 4, verse 9. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? He said, You're upset with the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Conversation. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd for which thou hast not labored, neither thou madest it grow. And it came up in the night and perished in the night. And should I not spare Nineveh, the great city, where are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. And he summarizes it with this, and he says, you know what, you're telling me that I don't get it? Jonah, I sure hope you get it. I care about the souls of men. I care about their lives. You are crying and wanting to die over a dead plant. And I am broken over a nation that would go to hell without me. The truth is, God is always right. The truth is, we've got to learn to trust in God no matter what. The truth is, God does care. God does love you. That is the truth. So next time you start arguing with God or next time you start shaking your fist at God or you try to straighten him out, may you turn in your mind and have your heart changed before he has to step in there and give and take away for you to see the big picture of why you are here.